welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. As always, ladies, this podcast and the information being provided to you is for educational and informational purposes only, and it should not be taken as medical advice. It is not intended to treat or cure any specific illness, and it is not to replace the guidance provided by your own medical practitioner. This information is to be used at your own risk based on your own judgment. And if you suspect you have a medical problem, we urge you to take appropriate action by seeking medical attention. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We've got a solo episode. This is Sophie. Hi, 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 hi. Recording this on May 19th in Estes Park, Colorado. It is really cloudy, really rainy. And yeah, it's just kind of a gloom, been a gloomy week. And on these weeks, I always like to just kind of align myself with the weather And I actually was able to do some more movement inside, do some yoga, breath work, gentle things, and kind of relax a little bit more with this week. And just a reminder, right, to play with our seasons, play with how we move through the world, right? Sometimes we're always going, we're always hustling, and definitely going to make a whole podcast just about the damaging effects of the hustle culture. But I've really been learning how to slow down how to relax more and how to embrace the season I'm in, the season of what's around me and the weather and kind of integrating all of that into what makes up a beautiful day for me. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about progesterone and specifically how to support it when we have low progesterone. We're going to talk about how to identify if you do have low progesterone and how to find your root cause and really get some support. So buckle up, get a notebook. You might need to play this again and again to get all the information, all the juicy tidbits out of this. So as a women's functional health coach who specializes in hormones, thyroid, and gut health, I find so many women are dealing with the symptoms of low progesterone. Progesterone is a steroid hormone, and it's made primarily in the ovaries of cycling women by something called, you guys heard this on the podcast, I hope, the corpus luteum. This is a tissue that's left behind and created after the egg is released at ovulation. By the way, how cool is that, that we literally create a temporary gland called the corpus luteum that secretes progesterone every single month. Our body 
our bodies are so cool. It's also made, progesterone is also made by the adrenal glands in both men and women, just in smaller amounts. So this is why in menopause, our adrenal glands become the primary source of progesterone for women, which is one of the reasons why if you are getting closer to the age of perimenopause and menopause, working on stress is so important so that your adrenal glands can actually push out enough progesterone to support you. Okay, so we know that in the menstrual cycle, estrogen is peaking around mid-cycle, days 12 to 14 for most women. That's going to stimulate ovulation. And then after that egg gets kicked out, we're going to create that corpus luteum and then progesterone should rise and be at its peak between days 19 and 21 of the cycle. Progesterone is that warming hormone, that keep calm and carry on hormone, that hormone that helps us sleep at night. So if we have low progesterone, you could imagine you might feel a little crazy because you're not going to be keeping calm and carrying on and you're not going to be sleeping very well. So how would I know if I have low progesterone? Well, of course, you guys know we love functional lab testing. Specifically, I love, love, love the Dutch cycle map for testing hormones. Now, I say this often. I don't usually start with that because we know that our hormones are completely influenced by lifestyle changes and stress and nutrition. And so if we can get those things dialed in most of the time, we don't even need specific hormone testing. How cool is that? Most of my clients don't require a Dutch cycle map. If we work on their gut, we work on their stress, we work on their mindset, and we work on their nutrition. But let's go through the symptoms. Like how would I maybe self-identify if I don't have access to a Dutch complete or I don't want to run a lab? Let's go through them. So hot flashes is a sign. Facial hair growth and hair loss is a sign of low progesterone. PMS symptoms, I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Having painful menstrual cramps. Now this one, PMS and menstrual cramps, because progesterone and estrogen play that seesaw relationship with one another, right? So if we have low progesterone, that's going to probably mean, not always, sometimes we could have low estrogen too, but a lot of the time it could mean we are estrogen dominant, meaning estrogen is dominant over progesterone and that is causing painful cycles and PMS. It also cause fibrocystic breasts or breast tenderness, infertility, right? Because of course, if we're not ovulating, then we're not creating progesterone and progesterone is needed to stabilize the implantation of a fertilized egg and support developing fetuses. So literally progesterone is the progestation hormone, right? So it's the main hormone, one of the main hormones in that first trimester of our pregnancy. Can also be a reason for having recurrent miscarriages for the same reason, because progesterone is needed to sustain the pregnancy. When we have low progesterone, we often have irregular cycles. So this is really common with women with polycystic ovary syndrome or PCOS, right? Because the whole reason you would have an irregular cycle is because you're not ovulating. If you're not ovulating, you're not creating enough progesterone. And then same with spotting between cycles. So that's a really good sign that there's low progesterone. If you start spotting in between your cycle, like not when you're actually supposed to be on your menstrual cycle bleeding, spotting is a sign of low progesterone. Heavy periods, again, because low progesterone, high estrogen is going to cause that heavy bleed. But if you have enough progesterone, it could thin the blood, you know, thin the amount of blood, relax the body from having so much of that blood. And so it could make it a lot easier. Fluid retention. Progesterone is a diuretic. So if it's low, we could have issues with fluid retention. Weight gain, unfortunately. Low body temperature is another one. And we know this because if you're 
tracking your cycle, progesterone raises basal body temperature in the luteal phase. Okay. So if you're not seeing that rise or you're still under temperature, that's a pretty good sign of low progesterone. It could also be a sign of low thyroidism, low thyroid or hypothyroidism, not low thyroidism. Haha. And actually, hypothyroidism is another reason behind progesterone. They're connected. So progesterone enhances thyroid hormone function. And then thyroid hormone makes progesterone receptors more sensitive. So when you have hypothyroidism, you might have issues with progesterone. And a lot of people with hypothyroidism do experience estrogen dominance. Osteoporosis. So progesterone promotes the production of osteoblasts that are required to form new bones. Wow. Some more symptoms of low progesterone include insomnia, which I mentioned, headaches and migraines, pain and inflammation, endometriosis, fibroids and cysts, anxiety, because progesterone is going to work on the GABA receptors and GABA is a super calming neurotransmitter. So if it's not getting what it needs, it could make you feel really anxious or depressed. You could have those irritable mood swings. You'd feel stressed, nervous, and jittery because, again, progesterone is that keep calm and carry on hormone. Also, sugar cravings and high blood sugar levels. Progesterone helps maintain blood sugar levels. And low libido. So not fun. Not fun to have all of these symptoms of low progesterone. Good grief. My goodness. So what the heck could I do about this? So first of all, I mean, I obviously would say the the following part of this is going to be very specific around some things are going to be very specific around progesterone and some of them are just like things to know in terms of lifestyle or root causes and so go through this list if this sounds like you you know the low progesterone go through this list and see where it could fall for you this is something that we do with our clients inside of she thrives is we take a full history and we start to look at like what are the ways that we can get to the root causes of your symptoms we run functional lab work we support nutrients and minerals and We support their GI system. We support their lifestyle. And all of a sudden, you know, they have a libido again and they're sleeping through the night and they're not anxious anymore. And they are dealing with a cycle that a period that feels great. All right. So possible reasons for low progesterone include low cholesterol. And this is because all steroid hormones are derived from cholesterol. So if cholesterol is low, the body doesn't have the raw materials it needs to produce hormones. So I would say this one and the next two, low fat diet and the too low body fat, all of these, to me, I only really ever see this in someone who might have like hypothalamic amenorrhea or not being able to eat enough for some reason, like either through, you know, past eating disorder, current eating disorder or potentially that they're exercising too much and not eating enough. So low cholesterol, I find low body fat and low fat diets are all really common in in that type of person or that group because fat is essential for building hormones and we cannot make adequate hormones if we are not including healthy fats in the diet. So might just be a way to check in. Like, am I eating healthy fats? That would be things like coconut oil, avocado oil, avocados, olive oil, nuts, seeds, meat from grass-fed, pasture-raised animals, salmon. Those are ways to get healthy fat into the body. Or maybe I'm just over-exercising or cutting out extreme food groups, right? We live in a world of hustle and go and eat less and work out more. And that can be really damaging to the female body. So just checking in, maybe you need to eat a little bit more. 
And then chronic stress is probably the number one reason I see low progesterone because we are dealing with a world that is under a lot of stress every single day. And that could be physical, emotional, or dietary stress, but anything that's going to put the body into fight or flight mode is where it's going to have an issue with our female physiology. So our brain, the hypothalamus and the pituitary are going to signal progesterone and estrogen and all of the other hormones, our adrenal hormones, so our cortisol, our thyroid hormone, they are telling them whether to stop, put the brakes on if there's stress and perceived stress in the body or to keep excreting normally. So I know people want to just skip over the whole stress conversation, but we really can't when we're talking about something like low progesterone because the body is smart and intelligent and the body will not think about reproduction and ovulation and creation of progesterone when it feels like it's under fight or flight or freeze all the time. It's just not going to happen because making reproductive hormones is not a priority for the body when it's under stress. So doing a stress journal, right? Checking in, what am I stressed about? Am I, and is it emotional? Is it physical? Do I have a, you know, an injury, right? Or a surgery? Those are big chronic stressors. Or is it my boss and my kids and whatever it is that's causing the emotional stuff? Obviously, that's stuff that we do here and we support people with in our programs because we find that our mental, emotional thoughts and beliefs are creating a lot of stress in people's lives. And so we work on shifting those to be more positive, shifting the stress out of their body so that they can have really great periods. And then dietary stress, right? So am I eating something that's inflammatory for me, like gluten, dairy, sometimes eggs, soy, legumes, just thinking of some of the most common ones, or even just trans fats and sugars and alcohols. Those are examples of potential dietary stresses depending on your own unique physiology. And I just want to share one story about the chronic stress thing from an emotional perspective and our cycles. So I was working with a woman with PCOS and she and I had run the Dutch test. We had run all the labs. We had done all the things. She was so compliant. She was going to sleep. She was, you know, eating all the right foods. She was supplementing all the right ways to support progesterone and nothing was moving the needle. She was having a bleed every two weeks. Now we know that's anovulation. It's not actually a period. She's just not ovulating. So she's just having this breakthrough bleeding every 14 days. Absolutely horrible. And, you know, when I got trained as a master NLP practitioner and started working with my clients on the subconscious mind, I asked her, hey, would you want to maybe see, is there anything emotional going on for you? Anything in your mind that could be creating stress in your life? that could be contributing to you having these irregular cycles. And she said, I guess, yeah, like, let's talk about it. And as we talked about it, I found out that she was dealing with a lot of heavy emotional stuff. I'm not going to share the specifics because it's very highly personal, but we worked through it in a few sessions. We worked through a lot of what she was holding in these heavy, dark emotions. And on our session, our, we did I think two sessions, and on our se- at the end of our second session, she got her period and it came back that she had her period every 28 to 30 days. So regular for the next year. She still is having a regular cycle, completely regular, no more irregular cycles, right? Something she was told she probably would never have as a woman with PCOS. That is the power of the mind. The mind is huge when it comes to chronic emotional stress. And if we're skipping that step, we can be rest assured that we're going to continue to see issues in our health. So I wanted to share that because 
It's powerful and not something to just skip over. Okay, so then let's talk about nutrient deficiencies that could also cause progesterone levels to be low. When our nutrients are low, we always want to ask, why are they low? Are we eating a diet that lacks nutrient-dense foods? Or do we have low levels of stomach acid or digestive enzymes so we're not able to properly break down and absorb our food? Or are there pathogenic organisms in our GI system that are stealing those nutrients, things like parasites? Or they're something damaging the gut lining where those nutrients are absorbed. This is where that GI map that we run with all of our clients is so helpful to see if there's something going on at one of those levels. Because it could be that you're eating a great diet, but you're just not absorbing it, or there's inflammation in the gut, or you're just not being able to digest it properly. So given, hopefully, that you've examined those parts of things, the next thing you could look at are what are those specific nutrients that one would need to manufacture progesterone. So besides just our basic, you know, macros, protein, fiber, and fat, magnesium, B6, vitamin C, zinc, vitamin A, vitamin E, and L-arginine have all been shown to support progesterone in different ways. Magnesium is involved in the manufacturing of steroid hormones, including progesterone. B6 is said to possess a progesterone-like effect and has been shown to increase progesterone while reducing estrogen levels. And in fact, a low level of B6 can make estrogen dominance more pronounced. Vitamin C has been shown to increase serum progesterone levels and can indicate ovulation in induce, sorry, induce ovulation in some women. Really cool. Vitamin C also helps support the adrenal glands. All right. Vitamin C is like a pretty big one. We're going to talk about how to get it in your diet as well. Zinc is going to support the increase of FSH levels, follicle stimulating levels. And that those hormones are what turns on and causes ovulation, which triggers the ovaries to produce progesterone. So zinc can be important. Vitamin A increases ovarian progesterone secretion as well. And vitamin E and L-arginine have been shown to improve luteal function and progesterone levels by increasing the corpus luteum blood flow. Whoa. A lot of really good stuff there. So mag, B6, vitamin C, zinc, vitamin A, vitamin E, L-arginine. Now, girlfriend, before you go run out to the store and buy everything at the supplement aisle, let's just check in about the foods, right? So foods that are high in these nutrients include sunflower seeds, walnuts, poultry, chickpeas, bananas, citrus fruits, bell peppers, kiwi, broccoli, tomato, berries, leafy greens, beef, oysters, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, lots of different nuts and seeds, beans, lentils, avocados, figs, dark chocolate, salmon, peanuts. There's so many amazing yummy foods that have all these nutrients in them. So just checking in first there with yourself around those nutrients and whether or not you're getting them in your diet, right? And if you feel like you need to supplement with it, I'm going to link my whole script protocol for low progesterone. In this protocol, you're going to find I have retinol form of vitamin A called cod liver oil. You guys don't let me catch you with the beta carotene vitamin A. Not that it's anything wrong. It's just not going to convert as efficiently to what you need. You know, we used to eat a lot of these foods nose to tail, right? We used to eat the, we used to eat things that have whole food vitamin A, retinol vitamin A, like beef liver, right? And we don't anymore. And it's interesting how many issues we have with our health. So 
I like to take a whole foods approach if I can. So as much as possible, I've linked in the progesterone protocol exactly those whole foods. So we've got cod liver oil for the retinol vitamin A. We've got a whole food vitamin C from Paleo Valley. I'll also link that below because you can't get that on full script, but you can through Paleo Valley. The reason I like whole food vitamin C is it helps actually turn on copper in the body, which creates energy. Ascorbic acid does not do that. It's missing particles because it's synthesized in the lab. So I like the whole food vitamin C options. Magnesium with B6 is also on full script. You can also take an Epsom salt bath. That's a great way to get magnesium. I like, I happen to like that particular product because it has both B6 and magnesium in it. And I find that most of my clients do best with about hundred milligrams of B6 and about three to 500 milligrams of magnesium per day. I personally do really well in that as well. Vitamin E is also on full script. Now, zinc, I really don't love people willy-nilly supplementing with zinc because I find when we run the HTMA, the hair test, that most people are dealing with low levels of copper and that's offsetting the zinc ratios. And we need copper in order to create energy in the body and to create cellular function. So I don't love just taking zinc because it could, well, it could offset your copper and cause more issues. It also can cause copper dumping syndrome that really sucks. That feels terrible. So personally, I just don't like suggest supplementing with zinc unless I have your test in front of me. But what's cool is you could do nature's own version of these nutrients that are all in the right ratios to one another. So two examples of this are beef liver and then oysters. So if you don't want to eat the beef liver, which personally, I hate the taste of this too, I will supplement with the beef liver capsules. Now, if you're not eating meat like me, but you're eating fish, you could, so there's oyster capsules that I can link as well, or just eat some oysters. I mean, oysters are a superfood and they're very high in zinc and copper and all these bioavailable nutrients, lots of B vitamins. For me, oysters are a total superfood. So you can get a lot of this from whole food nutrients, you know, just by eating them or even supplementing with them in capsule form. So all of that is in the protocol from Fullscript. And if it's not available on Fullscript, I linked the Paleo Valley whole food vitamin C and oyster capsules below so that you can check them out and see if that makes sense for you. Okay. So, and as usual, just always put the disclaimer on, like, please check with your doctor before you just start supplementing. I don't know you, I'm not, you're not my, you know, my, my client, I don't know your lab. So just, you know, be easy on yourself. Make sure you're careful about this stuff. You know, you don't want to just start taking a whole bunch of stuff and not knowing what's going on with yourself. All right. So you are your own healer and do your own research here. Cool. So continuing down the list of things that could potentially contribute to low progesterone, we know that gluten sensitivity or undiagnosed gluten sensitivity can impact progesterone levels as well. Studies have linked gluten sensitivity and celiac disease with amenorrhea or no periods, infertility, and diminished ovarian reserve. So if gluten which is the protein that's found in wheat, barley, and rye, is causing progesterone-related problems as a result of triggering autoimmune issues or causing nutritional deficiencies, then following a gluten-free diet could be helpful in balancing progesterone levels. So huge, right? Wow, like this one food could contribute to all of this. Oh my goodness. I think I mentioned this before, but refined sugar stresses the body out and then can cause more hormonal imbalances leading to inflammation, hormonal imbalances, blood sugar spikes, depleting nutrients, especially magnesium. So, you know, just checking in, like, am I having a ton of refined sugar? Can I cut back? Can I maybe think about getting magnesium more in my life? Might be helpful. 
And then these are more like life things, but childbirth and breastfeeding and hysterectomies can definitely cause low progesterone. So if you've had those done or you're going through that, then that is potentially just where you are in life. Something to just know. Now, high prolactin, which can happen when you're breastfeeding, but also can happen for other reasons like a benign tumor in the brain, those can cause low progesterone as well. So it is, you know, I look at it like this. I've I've worked on my gut. If I've worked on my nutrition, maybe I'm taking a couple of supplements for progesterone and I'm still having it be low. Maybe it's time to just check and make sure that, you know, I don't have a pituitary tumor or hypothyroidism or something like that that could drive up the prolactin because prolactin is our prolactation hormone. So it's going to stop ovulation. That's just the way that works. So it could be that it's just from, you know, a medication that you're on or, you know, potentially something more serious like a pituitary tumor or hypothyroidism, something like that. Okay. Zinc can also stop prolactin secretion, which is really interesting to know. Yeah, let's see. A couple more things. We mentioned hypothyroidism. Always a good idea to get a full thyroid panel. We need adequate thyroid hormone to make progesterone from cholesterol and then to make, sorry, to make pregnenolone from cholesterol and then to make progesterone. So having low progesterone can rise up our need for thyroid and make the thyroid gland work harder. And we might not have the reserves energetically to do that. Okay. Antidepressants and hormonal birth control suppress ovulation. So when it comes to those, it is definitely a factor, right? So oral contraceptives, birth control pills, they work by suppressing the conversation between your ovaries and your brain, right? That's how that works. That's like the mechanism of action. So that's why when we're on hormonal birth control, it can mean that we don't have a cycle. Okay, at all. We're just not ovulating, we're not creating any progesterone. That's that. It's also one of the reasons why people who are on hormonal birth control can feel really terrible, depending on how it affects them. And antidepressants can also impact it. Wow, which is so crazy to me thinking about my young adult life being on antidepressants and birth control and thinking about all these symptoms. I had so many of these symptoms. I mean, gosh, I was really a hot mess, like really, truly a hot mess. So those are some of the things to think about. You know, is it a medication thing? Is it a thyroid thing? Am I just not ovulating? Maybe I'm sensitive to gluten. Maybe there's a stressor in my life. Maybe there's a food stressor in my life. Am I just not eating enough fat or eating enough? And am I just not getting the right nutrients maybe, right? So those are the avenues to go down. You can go down each one individually slowly so that you don't have to feel like I'm doing all of this at once. Maybe pick one that makes the most sense to start with, unless you're working with a practitioner who can guide you. All right. I would also say that there is an incredible adaptogen called maca out there that I love for period stuff in general. It's from a the brand I like is called Feminescence. I can link that in the show notes. They have different version for maca depending on if you're pre-peri or post-menopausal. It works great as an adaptogen for the adrenal glands and helps balance estrogen and progesterone levels by promoting optimal function in our brain and therefore having that brain down approach to our ovaries. Okay, so it's a balancer. I've had really good luck with this with people who have estrogen dominance and low progesterone and, you know, it can be really helpful. So I'm going to link that as well just as another thing to think about, something to potentially help you. 
And yeah, I hope this has been so helpful. Lots of links here for you in the show notes. If you're like, oh my gosh, this was great. And I need some help. Girl, I got you. I will link the call to book a call with me. I do have a couple of open one-to-one spots this summer for women who are struggling with their hormones, with their thyroid, with their gut health, and they want an integrative approach that addresses all of the above, or maybe just one of the above, depending on what you got going on. I do have two open spots this summer. I will link that below. You can book a discovery call with me and see if it's the right fit for what you're going through. All right, everybody. I hope this has been a great podcast for you. Share this, please, with someone who needs to hear it. If you don't mind giving us a five-star review, all of that helps grow the podcast and get this information into more hands. All right, guys. Talk to you later. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.